Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So just like general conversation, it's not... It's not really formal, is it? No, it's just a chat, yeah. yeah. This one's just a chat. Yes. Hello, and really welcome to this episode of Ramble Meeks on Football Ramble Daily. As you've probably seen already from the title, it's with Watford midfielder Will Hughes. And it's a really exciting one for me because since we started this show, I've always wanted to speak to a current Premier League player. And it's been difficult in the past because, as you can probably imagine, top-level footballers are hard to get to and even harder to get long-form interviews with if you're not an official partner of the Premier League club itself or to use discussion media language for a moment a broadcast partner without a whole load of other people wanting to get in the way vet the questions and generally make it uh, difficult but largely thanks to his agent Dougie uh, Will was willing to give it a go Um, he was also kind enough to invite us into his home to make the episode and so instead of it being recorded in our studio where a huge majority of our Ramble Meeks apps are made. Um, it was recorded in situ in his kitchen, um, complete with his two lovely dogs sniffing around, his dishwasher going off, a wasp trying to sting us both, and all sorts of other things going on. I think it gives it a much nicer, warmer feel. Um, many thanks to Will and his agent for helping to make it happen. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a, it was a great thing to do. Um, anyway, this is the first of many new interviews we have lined up over the coming weeks and months here on Football Ramble Daily, and I really hope you enjoy it. You can, of course, let us know what you think at Football Ramble or get me personally at Luke Aaron Moore. Enjoy. Will Hughes, footballer. Well, what do you think is the biggest misconception from the public about what it's like to be a football player? What it's like to be a footballer? Yeah. Um, it's all rosy and everything's perfect 24-7. Yeah. Definitely the, the biggest misconception. 
but the, but the reality it is goes a lot deeper than that obviously yeah. but I think that's the definitely the biggest one do you think people don't fully appreciate the human being aspect of it like you go through normal life the same as everyone else yeah most definitely I, I don't want to taint it and be like oh it's not always made out to be because I wouldn't change it for the world yeah um, it does come with its negatives but that wouldn't stop me doing it all over again I, I love it mm. um, I love every day I think challenging but as with everything there are there are negative downsides to it did you always know you were going to be a professional football player, do you think? <clears throat> um, it was my first love when I was younger. And then as it came to 9, 10, I started getting to tennis quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I played that quite a lot, enjoyed it. And then it came to a stage where I kind of had to pick one if I was going to take it seriously. And um, I got into it was football and it's, it's led me to here. So I've done so pretty well. You like football more than you like tennis? Yeah, definitely now. I've not, been, I've not played tennis for years. But Would you think you should have had a career in tennis? Uh, not to the extent of football, but yeah. it, I was that young that it was hard to, hard to say. Do you feel like you had to make a lot of decisions that were serious when you were quite young? Um, because I feel like I didn't really actually make any serious decision about my entire life <laughs> since I was about 30. Obviously, I didn't think it was that serious at the time. Um, yeah. You're just doing it because you want to do it. But I think, especially nowadays, you look at the younger lads, people are getting snapped up at 12, 13 on, on yeah. good contracts. I think it is more nowadays a life-changing decision whereas for me 10 years ago over 10 years ago it was more what do I enjoy more and that was it simple as that and um, but you were you were someone I remember as being really highly rated as a young kid and you played you broke into the first team at Derby very early on compared yeah. to a lot of people is that something that felt quite natural to you at the time or did you not think about it much because you were so young you were just getting on with it um, it it was hard to, to a point of being that young breaking into the team with all the other stuff that comes with it, not the fo- not the football side of it. I enjoyed every aspect of that, but you know the media attention and and people talking about things that weren't necessarily true. But I think I had the right people around me at that age to to kind of back that off. Mm. Did you shut you shut shut yourself away from that kind of thing? Yeah, I think you have to because otherwise it's going to affect your football, and ultimately that's what, that's going to be a downfall. Mm. You know. When, you, when I went from 15 to 16, that was my, my big year. And obviously I wasn't expecting it to happen, so it did, it did happen very quickly. But as I said, I had the right people that around me that told me to keep my feet on the ground and, and luckily it, it stayed that way. What do you remember about your debut for Derby? Can you do a bit of a blur or can you remember it? Um, mixed emotions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rally of football. Um, I was 16, played Peterborough away. Yeah. It was. Um, I can't actually remember how it happened, but I think we conceded. I came on about the 88th minute and we conceded in the 90th, 91st to lose the game. Was it your fault? No, luckily, <laughs> luckily it wasn't my fault. Um, but the high of making your debut yeah. in professional football to then getting in the change room after and realising what's on the line and the stakes and everyone just going mad in the change room and I was sat there thinking wow this is this is what it's about is it the first <laughs> time you'd been means. in a first team dressing room on a match day yeah I think it was yeah was it okay yeah because I remember being told the day before because I was doing I was studying A-levels um, had private tutoring when I was, I was on a scholarship and I remember being in a lesson and one of the coaches came in and said you're travelling with the first team tomorrow so I was yeah. a bit took her back and couldn't really concentrate I'm, I'm the rest of the day let me go I'm going see you later yeah okay well, you, do you feel like, because I've spoken to players um, who have now retired, are obviously a lot older, and they said that it, the attitude back then was kind of, 
we're going to give you a call up to the first team and we want to see if this can make a man of you. And there was no real kind of preparation or support for, for that step, if you know what I mean. They just yeah. chucked in there. Do you feel like you've got given a lot of, uh, it was a lot more sort of detail than that um, in, in your time? Not particularly, no. Um, but I think that has its benefits as well. Like you said, yeah. they, they throw you in there and see what you've got about yourself. And I think in a way that shaped me as well because um, I wasn't expecting it and they threw me in the deep end and the players were there at the time. Um, luckily, kept my feet on the ground and I think if you're eased into it, obviously that has its, its benefits as well, but I yeah. think um, you can look at it both ways. Did you know it was coming? I'd been trained with the, the first team quite a bit, but I, I could never see myself breaking into the first team that quickly, no. No, okay. definitely not. And did it feel like a... Um did it feel like a um, a, ste- a real like step up? Were you like, God, this is hard. Yeah, hundred percent. Was um, it? Yeah. Yeah. Even even the training. I remember um, one of the first ever training sessions that I had with the first team. Um, it was just a game, and I didn't track one of my runners. Right. And I got absolutely battered for it Did by you? a few of the players and the and the manager. Right. But coming from the under 18s you get away with that, and it was because you were more- the be- one of the best players there. Is that why? Not necessarily. I think just the atmosphere around the under-18s football. It was, it was more fun with your mates and you yeah. get away with more things. But when you go and play the first team, it's a different level. And I remember thinking, oh, shit. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was meant to go and enjoy that. But then I got absolutely battered on one of my first training sessions. And I thought, Jesus. This is what it's like. <laughs> did, but did, did you were you inspired by that? Did you think that spurred you on, or were you like, "Oh, this is going to be harder than I thought"? Uh, initially, it didn't really spur me on. I thought, "God, I don't, I don't fancy this." <laughs> yeah, okay, right. <laughs> so, well, not what I signed up for. I thought it'd be, yeah. I thought it'd be easy. But looking back on it now, the more it happened, the more it like builds you up as a as a person and a player. So, I look back on it with fondness, definitely. Do you did you always have kind of confidence in your yourself ability wise? Yeah, you knew you were going to be good enough. Yeah, definitely. I think. Nigel Clough believed in me um, massively and it, put, it didn't put any pressure on me. At that age, I think you're going in there, you're being picked because you're a half-decent player, so that yeah. gave me confidence and just you know, did what I do. So on the debut itself, you didn't, you didn't, you, were you in the moment where you're thinking, God, this is, this is tough? Or what about your first swear on this or not? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You already have. <laughs> I was thinking that. Yeah. You, you, when you, what about your first start then when you've got a chance to take it in when you're not coming off on the, off the bench late on you're, you're thinking right I've got to try and perform here um, are you present in the moment are you, are you thinking God I've got, actually got to do a good job or are you just are you an autopilot totally I wasn't it was Peterborough again the last day of the season um, did you have any contract you could only play against Peterborough <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't know yeah yeah think about it now yeah, um, yeah I remember the manager at the time Clough used to put the, the team sheet on the in the dressing room on a piece of paper so you wouldn't know until an hour before kickoff. Right. So I just casually wandered over to see if I was going to be on the bench and couldn't find myself on the bench. I was thinking, oh. and then looked at the starting team. I was on the yeah. I was in the eleven. So it was it was really nerve wracking but exciting at the same time because it was the last game of the season. There wasn't anything to play for, so I could just go out there and enjoy myself. Bit of a free hit. Yeah, yeah definitely. Are you, are you a Derby County fan? Uh, yeah. You like Gro- growing team? up definitely. I was. Liverpool fan as well when I was younger yeah. um, but growing up in Derby I, was a, I followed them coming through the academy and then having, getting to play for them was a, was a big honour for me Can you feel could you feel yourself getting better as you played more games as well learning more improving uh, Yeah I think play, playing with certain players as well helped me a lot and different managers had different ways of coaching me I learned a lot from uh, Nigel how to be a person how to be a proper human being 
Um, and he gave me a breakthrough, which I'll, I'll never forget. And then other coaches like McLaren, he took my game to a different level in terms of on the pitch and tactically uh, awareness. So different coaches had different roles in my career. And you, and you, as you went through that time at Derby, you became sort of more and more well known, didn't you? And was that an adjustment period as well? Or did yeah, you already think about it? Uh, I think even when I broke through 16, 17, there was, as it is with every young player nowadays, there was, there was transfer speculation of as soon as you're that age and you're playing at a, a decent level, people are going to link you with other clubs. And initially, it was it wasn't easy to deal with because people expected so much of you. Yeah. Um, when you're on the pitch, that always oh, been linked with a top team. You must be, you must be unbelievable. Mm. And then if you had a good game, people would see that as oh, he's he's bang average. You'd have to have an exceptional game to right for people. If you know what I mean. Of course, yeah. And in position you play as well. So yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Because people got such high expectations of you, they've already yeah. made that judgment that he's gonna he's gonna be a world beater. So it, it wasn't easy to deal with at 16, 17. Did you? But did you also realise quite quickly that you've gone from like a prospect to been given his debut and was starting to play to actually you're quite an important player for Derby now which at a big club a big you know decent team were you aware of that do you think uh to a point I think when I was 18 19 I felt like 29 did you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um it took its toll on me but I, enjoy, I enjoyed that um I enjoyed the pressure to a point um yeah not only being at that age but playing for a team that you'd come through at and you lived in that city for the last 15 years it was a uh, it was a big step. A lot of my friends were Derby County fans, so you could look at it two ways. You could just enjoy the experience and get on with it, or you could think, oh, all the weight's on my shoulders. So it went from having the weight on my shoulders to then realising that, you know, I'm in a privileged position here, so I just go and enjoy it. Were you ever nervous before a game? Yeah, definitely. Still now? Yeah. But in a Def- good way, not like a really crippling oh, no. kind of way? No, I've, <laughs> I've heard stories of footballers that get nervous in bad ways before games, yeah. big players. Um, but no, I'd, I'd see it as a positive. If you're not nervous before, um, doesn't, I think it doesn't mean you care enough. Does anything sort of settle you now? It's always just getting a touch on the ball early on, and then you're just getting on the pitch. When the when the whistle goes, you you know your job and you get on with it. I think it's beforehand, maybe overthinking of what what could what could happen possibly. Hmm. So when when you kind of eventually moved up into into the Premier League. Was it a difficult decision to make to, to, to do that or was it something you see as really vital for your progression? Um, <laughs> be careful what I say. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, God. Um, obviously, I wanted to play in the Premier League and the, the ideal solution at the time was with Derby. Um, we'd been close on numerous occasions going yeah. through the playoffs. Did um, you get your dog to come and talk to me on purpose to, to get out of this question? <laughs> he loves the attention. <laughs> Um, but it, it came to a head and Gary Rowett got appointed and I was looking forward to to playing under him but for one reason or another he wasn't really having me as a player which I respected um, he was honest about that so I just came to the the best decision for myself and, and the club was for me to move on and luckily Watford were interested so it was a, a bit of a no-brainer in the end all round when you say that Manchester wasn't having you as a player, what, what kind of player do you describe yourself as? 
because uh, you said I've, I've seen you say I've definitely changed. Well, so you've seen you say before that you can't. You felt like you're a bit more of a flair player, flair player in the championship, and you can't really get away with that in the Premier League. Exactly. No, but, there. but how would you describe yourself as a as a, as a player? No. Yeah. Runner. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah. A shuttler. No, definitely not. Um, I think I do a lot more of that because I think you have to. The concentration levels in the the Premier completely different ball game to what it was in the Championship. With no disrespect. Well, tell us about concentration. What do you mean by that? What, when people Just, are listening, what, what, describe that to them. Things that you wouldn't see with the naked eye from from watching a game of football, whether it be at the ground or on TV, in terms of you know a yard hill there in defensive position could could lead to attack and lead to a goal. Um, so you've got to be properly switched on like, all oh, the yeah, time. Oh yeah, percent. Um, that must be mentally quite tiring as well as physically then. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And when you're in the championship, you get away with it to an extent. Um, because the quality is not as good, but when you're playing against some of the best players in the world, you give them a yard and you let the ball go through a gap, they're, they're on to you and they're, they're scoring a goal. That's it. Mm. That's the, the fine lines. I've spoken to some other players who've, who've had, had careers and they said that when they moved from the Championship to the Premier League, it was kind of a bit like, what is this? This is like so fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you feel the same way? Yeah, it's, it's not fast as in hectic. It's more, it can be slow, but it can change in, in a second you know when a, the top players want to move the ball quickly you, you, yeah. <laughs> you're just spinning around running around like a headless chicken is that what you felt like to start with take uh, a while to adjust yeah it was different because it wasn't it was, it was more hectic in the championships in terms of everything was just well not so much now because I think the, the quality in the championship is very good hmm. um, but some of the games I used to play and it was just 20 the whole 90 minutes would just be one into the other and there was no really structure to it Whereas in the Prem, you can, it can be slow paced, but like I said, within a second, it can, can change. It can just up it, and you have to, you have to be ready for that the whole nine minutes. Did, did you ever? Because you said earlier you were, you were really, um, you were really convinced of your own ability, and you knew that you would be talented enough. Did you ever have any, one thing that sort of goes out, goes underplayed? I think is this idea that you've got to be physically fit enough. Like I, I spoke to um, Dimitar Berbatov, yeah, and he, and he said that. He just naturally, people say, oh, you know, I didn't do much running, but naturally I'm not very athletic. I'm not, I would always be at the back of all the shuttle runs, the back at pre-season, even when I was a young man, I couldn't when, really when do you it. got touched like yeah, it's I, know, yeah. mad, it? I thought he might be making excuses. You not have to, to jog. Me, but, yeah, but do, do, was, is the physical side of the game, do you think that you have to have a natural talent to be physically fit as well? Because mm. you can't get away with it, you're not it's properly It's fit. definitely becoming more, more like that. I wouldn't be able to tell you when that changed dramatically, but um, physically I think you have to be at a certain level to, to be have a career hmm. definitely because you'd have to be a ridiculously ridiculously good player to to not be physically up to up to the challenge and that's that's throughout English football I think especially in the Premier League yeah just because the, the, the athletic demands are just so yeah. much do you have like a certain amount of like numbers you have to hit in training and stuff like that for your physical um, fitness it's more structured now in terms of the fitness coaches are they plan loads especially for pre-season, this week we're going to have X amount of high-intensity running, um, this much endurance, etc. So it is, it's very detailed. It's not yeah. necessarily done to the individual, it's more as a, as a team. Okay, so it, it wouldn't be tailored to you because you were different, um, you were different um, levels of physical fitness? No, Everyone just has no. to be at a certain level and that's the end of it? Yeah, it's not has to, they just monitor it and they, once you hit a certain um, number in training, then they'll be happy with it, especially in pre-season, because you have mm. to obviously work your way up. 
What do you consider um, like would be success for you when you look back on your career? What do you what do you sort of want to achieve? Uh, that's a tough question. <laughs> I know you're young, so yeah. it's probably a bit boring. It's a boring question from a, from a man who's almost forty. Um, it, I think it changes throughout your career. Because you played, you know, played um, internationally at under twenty one level a lot, right? Yeah. So presumably yeah. you got your eye on being an international footballer at some point. Yeah, but I don't. I don't really have my heart set on it in terms of if I don't achieve that, then I failed because I think it's a it's the wrong way to look at it. Mm. Um, when you're younger, you want to make it as a footballer, and that was it. And then mm. once you become a footballer, it's a certain level you want to play at, and then certain honours you want to get, and it's a lot more detailed in terms of what you want to achieve. But I'm, I think it's a, it's a difficult one to answer, really. Um, Do you just take if, I, if I play in the Premier League for the next ten years, I'll be I'll be very happy. Yeah, did you, did you, when you when you were a kid coming up, do you think that's what you were looking at playing in the Premier League and perhaps yeah, winning a trophy or two or something? Everyone like that. does. No one, you can't tell me a ten-year-old's thinking, "I want to get a big money move and sit on the bench." <laughs> no, no. <laughs> which is which is what happens, um, yeah. sadly. But it's important for you to be playing games. Yeah, hundred percent. Of I hate not playing football when when you're on the bench and when you're injured, it's horrible. You take it for granted when when you are playing because it, it can be a lonely place at times. Yeah, being injured is tough, right? Every every player I've spoken to says the same thing. Yeah, you 100%. feel quite isolated. You're part of it. You can't do the job you're paid to do, so it's tough. Yeah, yeah. and it's hard. It's hard trying to explain it because you know people from the outside will say, "Oh, you're getting paid X, X, Y, and Z. You should be happy." But yeah. <laughs> when it's your passion, that's all you've ever known. That's what you want to do. Mm. Um, it is very difficult to to comprehend it when you're not you're not playing for a long period of time. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One thing I, I like asking players is, is this, this combination between talent and hard work. Because some people say, oh, it's all talent and I haven't had to actually work that hard but some players will say like <laughs> yeah basically yeah basically but some players have said you know, yeah, he's one of a few players that can get away yeah, with it right but some players have said to me it's like 15% talent 85% hard work 
yeah there's, you can't put I don't think you can put a number on it um, but especially nowadays like I, I said before you have to the hard work and the, the physicality part side of it is is becoming a lot more important um, and unless you're ridiculously talented then you're going to have to put the hard work in otherwise you're not going to get picked and mm. you're not going to play but um, even like Cristiano Ronaldo is known as being like a pretty good trainer right he works really hard yeah apparently so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but that's what that's people, the people who prefer Ronaldo to Messi or whatever will say oh you know Ronaldo's the right trainer I mean listen to Roy Keane he's the best trainer I've ever seen yeah and then he's got all that ability as well yeah that's why he's been one of the best players in the world for along with Messi for the last 10 years and it's it's frightening. Yeah, <laughs> it's frightening. Do really. you do you get do you find that you get um, better because you've got better players around you? Is that really noticeable? Yeah, a lot. When I was even when I was in the the championship, speaking to when I went away the twenty ones, even speaking to them, it's when playing with them, you you get a different feeling. Um, and I've noticed that since I've since I came to the prem. When I, even when I was first a couple of weeks training, the quality in the you know, the application was was a different level, and it doesn't necessarily drive you, but just you naturally become a, a better player from it. Did you think that? Did you think at any point, oh God, I don't know if I can do it? Um, to a point, yes, because when I made the move to Watford, um, my career at Derby, I'd never really been on the bench that much. Mm. Uh, only in the last season. Your dishwasher's done, by the way, mate. <laughs> Going to load it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not. I didn't doubt my abilities, but more because I played so continuously through through my time at Derby when I was fit to then um, come to Watford and not even be in the squad. It was. I knew I wasn't going to be an instant starter. What I knew I had to work hard, but it kind of took me back a bit. And consciously or unconsciously, it made you doubt yourself um, mm. a bit. But you just have to keep your head down, work hard, and you get the rewards and. Mm. Luckily enough, I got a break and and did well enough and not look back. When and when we um, just talking about that move, um, we're, we're used as football fans to having a lot of money bandied around and chucked at us on telly and stuff about transfer fees and all the rest of it. You, you move for you know maybe not massive money in standards today, but it is a lot of money, right? It's a yeah, lot of money. That, that, we were talking about X millions of pounds, right? Yeah. Is that something you think about? Not anymore looking at the transfer. No, no, no. But at the time, you're not like, yeah, I'm a so-and-so million pound player, I'd better do something. Or is it just something that's not on your radar? To an extent, yeah. Um, um, yeah, looking at it nowadays, it's absolute peanuts. Yeah. But when, when I did make the move... It, well, they've got a bargain then, that's <laughs> yeah. um, In the back of your mind, you think... When I was at Derby, obviously, I'd come through the academy, so the, the club weren't losing anything, not invested a transfer fee in me, so... It's always in the back of your mind when you when you do make a, a move for money that you kind of have to prove yourself and prove your worth. Um, but yeah, but so, you're, so you're actually thinking about it? Yeah, not massively, but... You think you don't want to let people down because yeah. they put faith in you? Basically. Yeah, but nowadays, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> okay, right. And nothing compared to some, some of the lads now that are going for you know, 50, 60 million standard nowadays. Yeah. So it's, it's scary, scary times. And um, play with some good players in um, the under-21s as well. And was, was the step up apparent again when you go to international duty uh yeah definitely from from derby it was it was mentally nice as well refreshing to you know play with another group of lads and have time away mm. like you said i've played with a lot of 
a lot of good players on the twenty level, under twenty one level that have gone on to to play for the national team and big Premier League teams. So that improved me a lot. Like it's I encouraging said. as well because Southgate likes picking young players. No, definitely. I, from the summer, is it this summer just gone? Was it the, the previous summer? Yeah, it was. Yeah. God, my memory is horrific. Um, <laughs> yeah, the majority of that squad I'd played with at under twenty one level, so um, it gave me hope going going into the season where you know if you do well, then you've got you've got a chance of being picked. So it's, it's good good stuff for young English players, definitely. I think he's going the right way about it. Feels like it's a little bit more joined up, right? Definitely. You look at five, six years ago, and a lot of people in the media were, were slamming England. Um, but I think that perception has been changed a lot throughout the last couple of years, especially the... What was, the, was it the World Cup? <laughs> I'm losing it. It was the World Cup, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, especially the World Cup. You know, Apparently you not... watched one of the games in Box Park Croydon. I did indeed. Probably, probably some of my research here. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, did indeed, England yeah. beat Sweden in the World Cup at, in Box Park Croydon. That was a good day. It's just down the road from me, that. Yeah, it's a trek from here, but... Yeah. Yeah, I think not only did it unite the football inside of the country, but yeah. just in general, you see how happy people were. Yeah. Everyone was united, non-footballing people that, that wanted to want us to do well, and I think it's it has changed the perception of English football, and I think people are excited now, whereas before... Um, years gone by it's more like ugh, a bit draining to watch them but nowadays definitely I think everyone's excited Do you know what it felt like as a fan it felt a bit like you'd get ready to watch England they'd qualify easy normally and then if it didn't work in the tournament it felt like the whole thing was be ripped up and started again the new coach <laughs> doing a different thing and there was yeah. no doing that thing and, and you look outside of that and you look at what Germany did what Spain did it, it felt yeah. like there was a plan there you know yeah, and but, now it feels like we've at least got a plan Yeah, everyone's human you look at Germany's World Cup they were they were the ro- robots, weren't they, going into the World Cup, and everyone thought they were gonna, they were gonna smash it, but they they weren't up to their standards. So it does happen to the best teams, and I think there's a platform to build on with England. Like I said, I don't think it's gonna get ripped up. It's they've got a structure yeah. and they've got a plan in place, and if they stick to that, they I think they're gonna achieve success definitely. It was good watching Germany get knocked out, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was a nice change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you actually, and this might sound a bit of a weird question, but do you actually, do you feel like you are a big football fan? Do you actually like watching football? Not as much as I used to. Really? Yeah. Um, I think that's because you see the ugly side of the game, which I'm not going to go into. <laughs> sure, no, you don't. Um, when I was growing up, I'd watch any football. I loved it. Even when I started my career, I used to absolutely love it. Um, but now I think you know, people talk about a balance between your job, football, and then outside of football, you have to try and switch off. And I certainly believe that last last few years. I think it's really? yeah. So if you've got a game on the Saturday, I'm not saying I don't. I do watch football still, yeah. but not nowhere near as much. I used to watch any games on TV, but yeah. now I'd have, it'd have to be a good one to really me to watch it. But you don't get given like homework. You don't think, oh, Man City playing tomorrow, and we're playing them in like three weeks, so I'm going to watch it. I think we know enough about my team. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you I don't think whatever homework you do against them is yeah. like window after minute yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, you, 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 you get given like video to watch and stuff though, right? Um, yeah, as a group we do. and then You don't watch it individually on your own or whatever? That's up to the individual. Okay. Um, certain players will, will go through it, but other players will just, on the day, they'll see what happens. Mm. <laughs> against the best teams, I don't think yeah. you, can, you can do much, you can prepare... Six six weeks in advance for teams like Man City. Should and... I not mention Man City again? Because I've got a question about the FA Cup final. You don't want me to ask yeah, we'll it. Pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think 
we did well getting there. I think the scoreline takes away from the fact that we had such a good cup run. Oh, it's a shame. It's a real yeah. shame because, because yeah, it's amazing to get there. Yeah. It must be a big proud moment for you to get there. Massively. But when you lose 6-0, it's, yeah. not, it's not the best. Were you, um, were you particularly nervous going to the cup final because it was a big game? Did you have all your family down there and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, not as... Yeah, I was, definitely. Um, growing up, the, the biggest club competition in English football. And then I think you have to... It's difficult when you're in that moment to appreciate it. Um, yeah. Looking back on it, and I think years to come, I'll look back at it as a... It's a proud moment, but when you're in that time, it's hard to appreciate what, what you've achieved. Because you've just got a job to do and you've got yeah. on with it. And then you lose 6-0. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a different, it's a different plan at Wembley. Um, People always talk about, I know the pitches are all sort of similar sizes now. People used to talk in the past about how the pitch felt bigger, the event felt bigger, it was hotter and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know I keep mentioning it, but when you play Man City, it's a big pitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've played there a few times against Tottenham, um, once sure. for Derby. Yeah. And once you play a few times, you do get used to it. But I think it's just the atmosphere takes hold. And but a cup final is different to playing, say, Spurs in the league, though, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Even the the semi final against Wolves, um, the atmosphere was that was absolutely electric. That, that, felt like, that felt like a final itself. The yeah. atmosphere. Um, but once you once the first whistle goes, then you have to. You do forget about it. It's more the warm-up where you, you try and take it all in. Yeah, but you've got to shut it out. Yeah, you have to. Otherwise, you. <laughs> but you're not. You're not kind of conscious of what the crowd are doing. People are shouting. You don't really hear that. Mm, not particularly. Not. Is that because you're playing in the middle of the pitch? So you don't <laughs> yeah, trying to stay away from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you shit. <laughs> um, no, in the warm-up, you you're not focused as much as you are when the when the game's going on. Um, and obviously the fans aren't, it's not packed out stadium, but one, once the first whistle goes, you, I don't really notice it unless, no. you're, unless you're playing it. But it's funny, isn't it? Because it feels like a crowd can really affect a game. Oh yeah, definitely. But you're just saying that you don't, you're not really aware of that at the time. You, you notice I was on more a sense of individual <laughs> chance. Right, okay. <laughs> but as a whole atmosphere, yeah, you definitely do notice when, when one team's on top, that replicates with the fans and they start getting on top as well. So mm. you do notice that. Definitely. It makes a big difference. Yeah, it does. It does. What do they sing about you at Watford? Um, I think it's just Husey. Is it? <laughs> That's what it's been all my career. Does it make you feel good when they sing like that? Yeah, it's nice. It? it is nice. Um, is it a big deal to a player, do you think? Uh, is it important to you to be like a loved player with the fans? I don't think it's important. Um, it's nice to get respect from the fans. And I think I think with a lot of, I think 99% of football fans, as long as you work hard and you honest I think that's all they want mm. um, it's only the top 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 clubs that they expect um, top performances week in week out but if you give it your all and you, you're trying hard and I think that's all you can ask for really and certain positions I suppose lend themselves to kind of more eye-catching things don't they so you've played a bit further forward for Watford more recently right am I right in saying that no, I've been uh, playing right wing it's not my most preferred position but I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that I should be no, no, of course. Central no. because we've got we have got quality players at, at the club. Um, yeah. So if I'm starting, whether it would be right, mid, left back, I'm, yeah. I'll put a, put a shift in there. But you feel like can, do you still feel like you can affect the game from the right? Yeah, it, it, it does suit me. It does suit me because obviously being left-footed and not the yeah the quickest of players, <laughs> I, I like to come inside and and try and create things. So it does suit my game definitely. What um what's the kind of big aim for this season? 
Um, sound cliche now. <laughs> tell, tell me the big aim for this season without using a single footballer's cliche. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> do you get given a list of them when you become a player? Yeah, yeah do you? Yeah? Yeah. I've got a list in front of me now. You can't say at the end of the day. You can't um, say that. <laughs> <laughs> From a personal point of view, just playing football. <laughs> That's yeah. the worst one. You want the lads just no, if the lads done well? I do want to. I do want to score more goals and yeah, and get more assists. That's something I've said for the last three, four years. But yeah. easier said than done. Um, but my first aim is to to get in the starting eleven because we have got we've got quality players and it's going to be tough to get into that starting eleven. But if that happens, then I want to score more goals definitely. Do you ever like wonder like? When you ever, as a footballer, you ever thinking, oh God, I hope they don't sign someone in my position. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. From a from a selfish point of view, I think I don't think it's necessarily right to think like that. But you are at the end of the day, you're a commodity, so you have to you have to look after number one. And yeah. If that improves my chances of of playing, then yeah, it's not it's not ideal if they they go and spend seventy million on a, no. a right winger. No. Because I think obviously a lot of fans will just sit glued to Sky Sports News, seeing if a if a player is going to sign for their team. Yeah. But I wonder if players sit there watching it, thinking I don't have another <laughs> right midfield player or something. I, th- I think that's the whole circus of transfer window. Yeah. I think fans love the, you know, the thrill of it, signing new players, seeing what they're going to be about. But I think from Watford's point of view, we they've done really good business the last few years. I think a lot of teams get caught up in having to sign someone. Um, just because it's transfer yeah exactly because um, the fans it means a lot to the fans these days it's become a whole new thing yeah it, it has it has um, but even I think it was last year when signed a couple and Delaferro being the main one which mm. is a, a brilliant coup we got him on the cheap he's a good player isn't he yeah he's fantastic what's he like in terms of like training in terms of like talent and everything he must be amazing because he's come up through like he's frightening what he, his ability is absolutely frightening yeah um, and to get him for I think it was 13 million we got him for was Absolute snippet in today's market. Definitely. Are you ever consulted? Like, they don't tell the players what they're planning on doing in terms of signings. No, no, no. It's a whole different identity. But if you went and asked, they would tell you. <laughs> uh, I doubt it. Depends how close you are with the the people who made the decisions. You just but like you're just getting on with your job. Yeah, exactly. You, you have to. Um, definitely. What? Um, so, you, I mean, we've talked about what your personal ambitions are. What do you think is realistic for for Watford this season? Obviously, you can finish a, as high as you can, but I mean, you got to a cup final last season, did pretty well in the league. Yeah, last season we had a we had a fantastic year all round. Um, mm. The league position, although we finished eleventh, that that only happened because we tailed off towards the, the last four or five games. Um, I think we only picked up one point from the last five games. Maybe that was because we had an eye on the FA Cup final. But mm. previous to that, our our record was was really good in the league. Um, mm. I think we need to improve against the, the top six teams because we only, I think we only picked up three points the whole of last season mm. against the top six, and that was against Tottenham. Um, so I think we do need to to go into those games believing that we we can pick something up. Um, other than that, I think another cup run would be nice. <laughs> yeah. So you can avenge the disappointment. Exactly. Just not playing Man City again. <laughs> yeah. But do you, I mean, I feel like I know you make the point about. Um, but he maybe didn't do as well as you wanted to do against the big the big teams. But particularly at home now, are you, are, are what for the team who are thinking we can on a day we can beat anyone really? Because yeah. it's good enough to on the day to beat anyone really. Your team. I think the, the gap is closing between um, 
it used to be well it still is the top six but I think that that gap is closing a bit more than it has done previous years I think because Leicester have done a lot of business West Ham have done yeah. a lot of business Wolves are a, a consideration as well Everton as well Everton there's yeah, some big yeah. teams in there so I think you look on paper people wouldn't have Watford down in the top 10 but I think we've I think that's why last season we went under the radar a bit um, we had a really good season for what we spent compared to to other teams um, but a lot, of, a lot of the teams are paying big money now so I think the, the top two especially look at last season Man City and Liverpool yeah. the gap between those two and then the rest of the big teams are, is widening a bit I think Does the preparation change between say playing I don't know, I know you had a big result against Cardiff last season for example between Cardiff and say a Man City does the preparation change a lot in the week? Um, in, ter- in terms of time is spent I think it's, it's similar but obviously the plans will be a lot different from playing I'm playing Cardiff of course, and yeah, yeah. Liverpool or Man City. But I wonder how I'm wondering, I guess, how punchy the manager is about how what the best way of going to get a result is kind of thing. Because it, it varies, it varies. Yeah, yeah. You know, the top the top six, although they're the best the best clubs in the division, they vary from each other. Sure. Um, so you have to go about it in a different way between between all of them. So will your will your role that you have to perform be vastly different from week to week then? <sighs> Not vastly. The, the structure and how we want to play will still be there but it will just be minute changes as to what to hurt the opposition and how to stop them but it won't be massively different unless we change formation Right, interesting I've got, I've got to ask you before we stop best player you've played with and best player you've played against Val Morrison with Really? Yeah, okay. ability wise Why? Just because he was so talented? He's ridiculous Where did you play with him? Under 21s yeah. briefly Um I don't think I've played with him in a game, but I definitely had a few training sessions with him. And the natural ability had left foot, right foot, strength, agility. What about a player you've played against? Obvious ones, probably Hazard. Okay. I, well, I thought you might have just been going through Man City players then. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of their whole team. <laughs> Hazard, yeah, yeah that's, quite, that's quite a. Yeah, it's pretty common. Guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to think of any ones that are. Bit outlandish. <laughs> yeah, I think he has to be. Because he can just go both ways. He's strong. Yeah, weird. I played yeah. against him for Derby in a cup game, and then obviously in the league as well. But just have to try and stand off him two yards and let him dribble sideways. <laughs> yeah. Because as soon as you go near him, he can he can be past you in an instant. Go past you, yeah. Yeah. Is he and he's strong as well? Frightening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really strong. Yeah. Yeah. You don't realise it, but it's not necessarily his upper body strength, but the way he positions himself, so you can't actually get the ball off him. Interesting. Well, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. No thanks problem. for giving up your time it. talking to us. Thank you. Cheers. Doggy does a wasp again. Can you, we, I mean, I, can I just say, Will, I've never interviewed someone in a place that's got so many animals in it. Because <laughs> the doors are open. That's <laughs> in your air. Doggy, why have you not shut the door? Yeah. This was a Stakhanov production.